So I want to encourage you to uh, be prepared and ready to use your Bible today. We're going to go through quite a few different scriptures together. Uh, I'm excited about today. I have been praying and preparing for nearly a month uh, for today. Uh, I believe that God wants to speak to your hearts today, and I have been praying and asking God that you would be prepared today to receive a word from him. I hope that you are ready. Uh, this, I, I also want to preface this with some of what I'm going to share with you might step on your toes a little bit. So I'm going to ask you and hope that you can be adults today. I preface it that way because I, I believe that God has, has called me to challenge us not only as Crown Point Church, but as a church as a whole. We've got people in here as a church body listening to the word today. We've got people online listening today. And this can go from here and continue to influence and affect our world. Not saying that I'm a great speaker. It's what I'm getting ready to share with you of what God has laid on my heart for you. And I believe that we are a people that need to make sure that, that how we are conveying Jesus goes out into the world. And so I get excited about today. I want to begin this morning with a question. What voices do you give an ear to? What images in your mind have you thought about and spoken that have formed character traits that you wish you had ne that had never taken root? Think about this for a second. Thoughts like, I'm depressed. Maybe it's been thoughts of, I'm stupid. I'm screwed up. I'm messed up. Maybe it's, it's thoughts that I'm incapable, hopeless. Maybe there's disappointment. Have you ever felt like you were limited, slow, troubled, clumsy, grumpy, unqualified? Anybody out there? There have been many times in my life, nearly every one of those words have come into my mind. Have you ever struggled with thinking that you don't measure up, that you're not good enough, that your input doesn't matter, that everything you touch breaks? Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever struggled with thoughts that you are unqualified to help further God's kingdom? I want you to be encouraged today. The author and perfecter of our faith qualifies you today. You are in the race. You just needed to be here today to hear God's message. And I am going to give you a message today that the church, it's time for us to do ministry. It is time for us as a church to wake up. It is time for us to put aside the notion that the pandemic is still looming over us. It needs to be behind us. We need to wake up and we need to get busy with what God wants us to get busy with. Amen? It's time that the church wakes up. This world, I'm just going to be honest, this world doesn't need people that have more sob stories or Highly offendable people. Okay? That is in our church and it's rampant. 
The world does not need that any longer, and we need to grab hold of it. What the world needs is the world needs the gospel through a life lived according to the way of Jesus, not by the way of people. Jesus is the answer this world needs. Jesus died so that we could live. And Jesus lives so that we can thrive. And the world needs to see a life that is thriving. Raise your hand if you feel like you're thriving in life. Then we got some work to do. Wasn't very many hands. We just experienced Easter. Easter is a great celebration for us us to reminisce. The fact that Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus rose from the grave. Had he not, there would be, it would be pointless for us to be here today, right? But we just celebrated Easter. And I want to challenge you to something. While it is great... Easter, I would say, is difficult for someone that does not have a relationship or does not know Jesus. It's a hard story for them to grasp. Someone died for me. Someone rose again. But someone died for me. I, I needed saved from what? What's happening here? I want to challenge you to perhaps What those people need to hear first is they need to hear a story from someone that they can relate to. You see, Jesus is amazing, and we celebrate Easter, and it's awesome. But it's something that we can relate to through a lens of being saved. Through a life that has been lived either here at church or you've been in relationships with other people. But we need to make sure that we are relational with people in such a way that they can relate to and see someone model a life that is trustworthy, responsible, accountable, punctual, respectful, and simply encouraging. So let's, let's dive into what it would look like to be a friend to someone. And let's, let's look at it uh, through a life of the son of encouragement. So if you'd open up to Acts 4. We're going to Acts 4 and begin with verses 36 and 37. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostle, apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here we learn that Joseph, a Levite at birth, is renamed by the apostles, and he's named Barnabas, the son of encouragement. Joseph was was of Jewish descent during the time of the diaspora. This means that Joseph's ancestors were dispersed from Jerusalem during the time period between the Old and the New Testament. This disbursement is also known as the diaspora. Joseph moved back to Jerusalem and was converted to Christ. Thus, the identity and life 
of Barnabas began. Paul writes in Colossians 4.10 that Barnabas was John Mark's cousin. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. And Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Barnabas was not married based on what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 5-6. We do not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord, and, or Cephas, or it is only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from walking, from working for the living. So Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he was not married. He was a Jewish disciple of Jesus that had a cousin named John Mark, whom was also a disciple. Barnabas sold all that he had to partake of the way. He had nothing tying him down. He was without restraint to do the Lord's will. Now enters Saul. Paul, in his beginnings, known then as Saul, was a man that persecuted the church until his encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus. He was headed to persecute Christians in Damascus at that time. It was this encounter that would change the trajectory of the rest of Saul's life and influence the church in very positive ways that we know of to be most of the New Testament today. So let's read Acts 9. And and just for the sake of you, if you're turning in your Bible, just stay in Acts. We're going to be there. Acts 9, 26 through 31. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him in to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and he disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea And sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Here we see Barnabas seeing the best in Paul and defending him. All the other disciples, the apostles, they were all scared. And Barnabas said, no, he's good. Let me give you some some track history on him. God was using the gifts and known character of Barnabas to set the stage for Paul to come on the scene. He was aiding in positioning one of the most influential people of the time that we read about each and every day when we open our Bible. Barnabas was taking a calculated risk with speaking up for Paul, and it would be something that he would not regret. In that moment of defense, had Barnabas felt unqualified and acted on that feeling, where would we be as a church today? Had Barnabas not spoken up for Paul, would the apostles have rejected Paul? Had Barnabas lost the war in his mind that he did not measure up 
would we be here today in the same light and fashion that we're in? The obedience of Barnabas was his unwavering character, his confidence in his identity, influenced by the author that wrote the majority of the New Testament. Barnabas, or I'm sorry, let me back up a minute. Barnabas had an identity of encouragement found through living for Christ. Joseph, Joseph was given a new name. He was given a new name. And it wasn't until he was given that new name, Barnabas, that things shifted. It wasn't until he was qualified by the qualifier that things changed. What we need to hear this morning is that we are nothing. It is Christ who lives through us that makes us something. Jesus is the qualifier. He qualified the men and women that we read about in the Bible. Also hear this. Satan, he's the accuser. And might I add, he is disqualified. He is not qualified to tell us who we are. He cannot quantify what we can do. He has no power or authority to speak to children of God of who they are and whose they are. It is time for the church to wake up. It is time for us to accept what the qualifier says we are. So why do we listen to the accuser? Why does he win our ear at times? Things might come to mind like, once again, I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough. I'm, I've screwed up too much. I'm stuck. I, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm overwhelmed. I'm incapable. I'm depressed. I'm broken. I'm hopeless. I'm jaded. Those thoughts have no power unless you believe them. Unless they become part of who you think you are by listening to that. Why do we listen to those lies? I think at times we listen because we have forgotten whose we are. We hit pause on the entertaining of being a child of God simply because the circumstance that comes along, it's something that we did not anticipate and it hurts or it's something that's confusing. And we, we get confused of why would God allow this to happen? We get confused. Maybe we're influenced by negativity. Maybe we get offended. And instead of recognizing the work of the enemy and going to battle with God's word and the identity, we entertain the thought that the situation or the problem is who we are. And we fold we give in, we settle, we get offended, and we forsake our true identity, our new name. 
How many of us are in the church today and we're alive physically, but dead spiritually? How many of us come in here and we leave and we are not changed spiritually? Do you guys realize when we come in here, a donut and coffee are good, but that's not why we come. We come for fellowship with other believers as iron sharpens iron. We come to worship a great and mighty God that forsake the place that he was at for a moment in time to say, I'm going to redeem you because you're worth it. He sees something, guys, that we don't understand. And that's okay because he made us. I want to challenge you today to wake up as a church spiritually. We come here to be fed spiritually. We come here to worship a God spiritually. We come here to be reminded that we're not just physical, we're spiritual beings as well. But I'm here to remind you today that you belong to somebody. I'm here to remind you today that you've got a new name. The moment that you accepted Christ, you've got a new name. The question is, are we walking in that new name? Are we the church for today? Absolutely. Are you here on purpose? Absolutely. We are here for now on purpose for his purpose. So answer these questions. I want you to write this down. Get out your phone. Get out a pad. Write this down. I hope that's clear. Write this down. I got three questions. Are you awake? Are you awake? And I hope at this point you know that I'm talking spiritually. Are you awake? Second question. Are you operating in his calling on your life? I think we get stuck at times thinking the calling only comes to the preacher. Only comes to those that are serving full time in the church. No, God calls all of us. He's calling you to something. And it's not just to be in a chair. And it's not to do what you might think is a a low role. We need everybody doing their part. That's from serving coffee, to greeting at a door, to hanging out with somebody at a restaurant, to being friendly in the community. We need the church to be spiritually awake. Question three. Do you know what your identity in Christ is? So, are you awake spiritually? Are you operating in his calling in your life? Do you know what your identity in Christ is? Flip those last two questions. Do you know what your identity in Christ is? And do you know the calling on your life? Sometime... We're going to go into just, I'm going to talk a little bit about Acts 9, not go into it too much, but I want to talk about it a minute. Sometime after Stephen is killed, Saul, who becomes Paul, is responsible for a large portion of that disbursement of the church. The lost 
enemy becomes the found friend. Acts 9, Saul becomes Paul in Damascus. Then he becomes a disciple of Jesus and makes many Jewish leaders mad to the point that they are ready to extinguish his life. Death is on his doorstep. So he is urged to leave and flee to Tarsus. We fast forward a little more and we find Bartimaeus in Antioch. And he sees the hand of the Lord doing awesome Things among the people to the extent that it compels him to seek out Paul once again and encourage Paul to partner with him to continue to advance the church among the people, particularly to the Gentiles. Now this goes on for a period and they report back to the church of Jerusalem, which where that's where the church headquarters was established at that time. The church commissions Barnabas and Paul to continue. Things are going great. And as we continue to read in Acts uh, 9 and on, all through Acts, Luke shifts his order of leadership from Barnabas and Saul to Paul and Barnabas. An exchange took place. The son of encouragement takes a back seat and Saul settles into his new name as Paul and ministry continues to flourish. Things start getting amazing. Paul and Barnabas later have a disagreement, but ministry continues to flourish. They decide to divide up and go separate ways and ministry continues to flourish. The ministry continued to flourish because they knew God's love and calling was dependent on their obedience, not their perfection. Do you feel like you have to be perfect? In order to serve the Lord? The ministry continues to flourish. They also know that their call and their identity is in Him, is in Jesus. Maybe you're not listening to the voices reminding you of your shortfalls. Maybe you're thinking that you need to arrive at some sort of perfection before you will be useful for the kingdom. I'm telling you today, it is not, it's nothing, it has nothing to do with your name or who you are. It has everything to do with who he is, his identity, his name, his sufficiency. We need to simply be willing vessels to say, yes, Lord, what do you have for me? You need to be able to answer those questions of where is your identity in Christ. Stop thinking that you don't qualify and start believing who he says you are and walk in it confidently. Walk in your new name. Be a world changer he has made you to be. Be the one God has called you to be. Now you might be saying, well, I I know my name. I know my calling. I know what God's called me to do. Then my challenge to you is, Are you operating in it? Don't think that what he's called you to do is insignificant. Have you put it on the back seat thinking that Crown Point Church doesn't need it? That this community doesn't need it? If God has called you to it, he's the one that made everything. 
So if he's called you to it, if he's expressed to you your identity in him, he, you have a new name and you need to walk powerfully in that. With the Holy Spirit empowering you to do God's will. Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there and by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speak the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, and that is Christ. If you hear that, if you read that, and whether you think positively or you're a cynical person, when you read that, if there are portions of that where our church or the church as a whole has voids, does that partner with your calling? Are we operating as a full, healthy body? If you feel unqualified to share the gospel with others, If you don't feel equipped, what needs to change? Who do you need as a mentor or a guide here at the church or in the community to help you get to the point where you feel equipped to do what we are all appointed to do? And that is to tell people about the good news. Who do we need to be involved with here at the church or in our community? What bridges do we need to create for our church and our community to come together to form his kingdom? I love Pastor Dennis. This isn't his church. I love serving with the staff. This isn't our church. I love serving alongside you, but it is God's church. And that is us as bodies of believers. It is us rising up and and, and identifying with Christ. If we want to see the next generation have a Jesus moment, then we need to wake up as a church, roll up our sleeves, and get to work. We have to model the change or the change is not going to come. We can't continue to be asleep or say that this pandemic has lulled me to sleep And this is how effective I am now. Now, this isn't for everybody all the time. We have our good days and our bad days. My question is, are you walking in his identity? Or have we settled for something less? I lead children's and family ministries. Here at Crown Point Church. We need leaders Every Sunday and Wednesday, we need leaders. We need media people. We need networking people. We need creative people. We need nice people. We need planners. We need disciples. We need teachers. We need community leaders. We need sweet people. We need you. We need you to do your part. 
Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. You have a role to play. This is not a spectator sport. We need everybody involved. We need to disregard what I've heard over over my life that's been called out many times when I'm sitting there and I'm doing work for the Lord and people say the 80-20 rule. The 20% of the people do all the work. The 80% don't. I'm done with that. I am not going to receive that lie from Satan. I'm challenging you to make sure you're doing your part. Now, I'm not saying that the only places to serve is in our kids' ministry. We want you serving where God has called you to. If you need equipped, approach a leader. Get this moving. Let's stop wasting time and start winning people for Jesus. Amen? We need you in kids' ministry. We need you in youth ministry. We need you hosting. We need you in media. We need you in our community. We need you to be Jesus for the people. We need you to be with us, to link arms, and let's do ministry together. Move away from being a spectator and be a participator. Get get in the game. (laughs) It starts when we admit that we don't have all the answers. We put our faith in who he says we are. Know that God does take care of us at all times and commit to his process in your life. Commit to his process in your life. It's not your agenda. It's his When we accept Christ, we are surrendering lordship to him. What's lordship mean? We are subject to another. He paid the price for us, and it was a hefty price, his life. Because he saw value. He wanted relationship with you. Jesus woke Saul up to his true potential and name after he stirred up the church. I say that to say this, keep the devil in his place at your heel. If he is not barking, then you are not being effective for the kingdom. I've heard many times when when people have begun to walk in their walk with Jesus, the attacks come. And I say, praise the Lord, because you're right where you need to be. But guess what? You're an overcomer. He is not stronger than our Lord. If he is attacking you from time to time, then you are a threat. However, what is going to take, um, sorry, however, whatever it is, what is it going to take for those that are asleep in the church to wake up? For the church here to be dispersed, Stephen had to die. A martyr had to be. For the church to be dispersed. What needs to die. For you to wake up. What do you need to hear. Or see. Or experience. For you to receive. Your new name. And walk in it. Joseph. Saul. Became Paul. And Barnabas. And they began to walk in their new name. 
You have a new name in Christ. Don't forget whose you are. You are called and you are God's and you are, you are needed and you are wanted. God's as in possession. You are not God's. I am not a God. You are God's. You are his. Here's a quote. As we near close, I want to share this quote with you. It's from Stephen Furtick. He tells of a time uh, he tried out a new hair color. Okay? Then one day he went back to black. So, So he had dyed his hair. And he went back to black. He says, one of the first people who saw it told me something that made me laugh out loud. I think you should change it back to blonde, was this person's unsolicited advice. On you, black doesn't look very, look very natural. Stephen continues with saying, sometimes I wonder if our image and identity have been treated and retreated, bleached and burned so many times that the original color is beyond recognition, even to ourselves. We are children of God. We were bought with a price. And that is so important for us to remember, that we are his. Jesus came down from his throne to redeem us for a purpose. He came to remind us that we are his. We can be confident that he's got our back when we are walking in the strides that he has deemed us for. When we choose to walk in that new name and identity, we will eventually forget all that negativity and we begin to walk in the purpose and design that he made you specifically for. You weren't just born at this time by accident. We are intricately and wonderfully made. He has a plan for you in this body. You didn't accidentally come to Crown Point Church. You chose it. You didn't accidentally live where you live. You chose it. Jesus didn't accidentally acquire you chose you he chose us he wants us who are you better yet whose are you 2 Corinthians 10.5 we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ do we believe that I hope you believe that, church. Jesus gives us purpose, belonging, identity, and a new name. He says you can do it. He's our biggest cheerleader. So stop giving the enemy a foothold in your life. He needs to die. He needs to go away. We need to stop walking in on Sunday sad. And I know difficult things come. And I know we experience death. And I know we experience difficult situations. But that's not where we need to stay. We're to be joyful in all things because 
of him. Because we know in the end, we win. God is good. He gives us purpose. The moment you accept Christ, the Lord says, you are a new creation. And if we're a new creation, that means we've got a new name. And he's not talking about a physical. He's talking about a spiritual awakening. And we have got to wake up because this world needs a church that is thriving. And the only way that we are going to thrive is through the identity that he has placed on our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We are new creations in Christ. And we need to embrace that. And we need to come alive. There shouldn't be singers up here during worship time begging us to be praising God. We should be on our knees jumping around that he's alive. That he's well. That he is on the throne. And that we can be joyful because we're serving a God that's not stuck in a grave like every other God. He's a God that's alive. He's passionate. He loves us. He redeemed us, church. And he deserves our everything. He deserves our everything. And as a church, we're not giving him our everything. We have to beg for help. That shouldn't be the case. If we're walking in the identity in Christ, then we are compelled by love for him to serve one another. I love you. This is a message of love, but it's a message that is real and we need to hear it. And there's parts of me that need to hear it because there's times when I don't want to do it either. But I don't walk in a physical identity. I'm reminded through the power of his word. And that is what I stand on. I get tired just like you. I've got a family just like you. I got to live life just like you. Our pastor's amazing. He's an amazing shepherd. He gets tired. He gets fatigued. But we press on. We're hopeful. We remember who we are in Christ. It's easy for you to look at us and say, well, they're walking in their identity. They're walking in their calling. If you're not, you can be there too. Walk in your identity. Who has God called you to be? And I'm so thankful that it looks different. Have you ever been in a room where it's all preachers? All leaders? They all know what is best and nothing gets done. The church does not need to be full of everybody that looks the same. We've got to look different. We've got to act different. But our commonality is him. And when we submit to him... He's the one that's running the game. He's the one that's in control. So when we submit to him and he shows you and reveals to you your identity, it's perfect. And it's exactly what he's purposed you to do. To fulfill his will in this church and in this community and in this world. And 
we simply just need to surrender and say, God, here I am. He calls vessels. He calls the willing. He softens hearts for his purpose. I hope you came today ready to step out. If you're a spectator, it's time to participate. I'm calling you on the carpet today. If you're out listening to us online, I hope that this has challenged you to to think about your walk, who you are, your identity. Is it found in Christ? I want to encourage you today, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus or you need to rededicate your life, I'm going to wait up here. I'm going to wait up here at the close of our service and I will be here with you. If you do have a relationship with, with Jesus, how are you in the game? And don't hear me wrong. If you're a prayer warrior for us, it's one of the most important. Many times that gets pushed to the end. Well, I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll pray. We need that at the forefront. Because there are, there are battles being won through prayer each and every day. And that needs to be at the top of our list. You might say, well, I think God's calling me to be a host because I'm friendly. Wonderful. I think God's calling me to, to lead a, a connect group. Great. Get with your leadership and let's get it going. Time is being wasted if we are not jumping in and doing our part. We've got to do it together. This is a together game. This is a together thing to do. So if you have a relationship, maybe you've forgotten your original design. I want to encourage you today to be reminded of that. To start praying and asking God. Answer those three questions that I I asked you earlier. We are not operating as a healthy church until everyone in this building is living out their identity in Christ. It's just that simple. You are qualified because of his name. It is time to start doing this thing called church and it only happens when we do it together. When we lay things aside, when we don't, uh, when we're people that are not highly offendable, when we come into church ready to serve and not be served, when we are looking for ways that we can fulfill God's kingdom. I'm going to close in prayer and I'm going to just going to pray over you guys. And if there's some of you, you feel like you need to, to come up here to the stairs as an altar and just ask God to, to move in your heart. Once again, I'm going to be here as well. But I want to pray in closing. I love you guys. I am so thankful to get to be a part of this church. I believe in each and every one of you. You guys are world changers. This should be encouraging to you to hear the truth that we, we are alive physically. My question is, are we all alive spiritually? And if you're not, that should be encouraging of you to just wake up to, yeah, I guess it's time. But here's why it should be encouraging. I I get to be here today with you. I get to be a part of a church body. I get to worship God today. It is so fulfilling. It is so fulfilling when I get to have that simple conversation with somebody in our community. 
nothing charges me more than when a light bulb goes off in somebody and your model and your witness speaks and you have the opportunity to share with them the good news and they come alive. When that happens, those are some of the most fulfilling moments. So this should be a message of encouragement to you that life is more fulfilling operating in his will than outside of it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day. God, we ask you to just search our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you just move in and throughout us today? I pray, Father, that your word has cut us open and has revealed what needs to be removed so that we can have more of you. God, would you speak to us here, also online? Lord, I pray, Father, that you would just move us to a moment. We're reminded in the scriptures that that death had to come through the life of Stephen in order for the church to move. God, what inside of us needs to die so that we can thrive and be alive in you? Lord, would you move in us today? Would you remove all the ego and and anything that would hold us in contempt of you? Lord, would you draw us near to you today? Lord, I pray that your church today is, is going to become more healthy than it ever has been because you shared with us today and you reminded us as a church of how to be strong and that is to walk in our identity. Would you help us do that today, Lord? Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Lord, I pray that you bless the people as they leave today. I pray that you would speak to them, move in their lives in a great and mighty way. And everybody said, amen. Love you. Have a wonderful week.